It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Back by no one's demand but our own and from our home office. Here in Elizabeth Park in beautiful Nashville, Tennessee, it is the 615 Sessions Podcast. It is brought to you, as always, by A to Z Sports and A to Z Sports Nashville.com. There has been much going on with the Tennessee Titans since last we spoke. I have uh, just recently returned from Denver, Colorado, where the Titans were held scoreless. Oh, And there happened to have been a quarterback change. Now, as we sit here on Tuesday, uh, about noon Central Time is when we have taped the podcast. We'll talk with our friend Teron Davenport of ESPN.com here shortly. But as we sit here Tuesday, no public announcement has been made about who will start for the Tennessee Titans at quarterback. So because of this and because we had to get the podcast out on Tuesday before the decision would be made, Teron and I talk about what it will mean for each quarterback, the decision that, uh, the, what the decision will mean for the franchise for the remainder of the season based on whom is selected to start for the Titans on Sunday against the Chargers, the next home game that they will have. It's going to be interesting. If they are not going to be successful as a team in 2019, at least we will have something to discuss because a quarterback change, regardless of if it is Mariota or Tannehill, uh, has great implications and implications for the coaching staff and implications for the general manager. And for the next three or four years, this could be one of the most pivotal off-seasons, if not the most pivotal off-season, that this particular professional sports franchise has had. So, Teron Davenport of ESPN.com is coming up on the other side. We will talk about all things Tennessee Titans. So without further ado, let us get to that conversation. Back here on the 615 Sessions, A to Z Sports, A to Z Sports Nashville.com. Buck Rising hanging out here with you. Uh, I have a guest on the line, but I'm not certain if I've called Happy Harry's Hubcaps or Teron Davenport of ESPN.com. With whom am I speaking? Well, this would be a heavenly happy morning, and this is Happy Hubcaps. Harry speaking. How could I help you? <laughs> <laughs> My man, TD, at uh, T Davenport underscore NFL on Twitter is where you can find my man. Talking with TD is the podcast. Of course, the live radio show on Fridays from 6 to 8. Oh, I mean, where where do we where do we begin? Because as we sit here at eleven forty on Tuesday, th- there has been no public decision made about the state of the Tennessee Titans quarterback. Um, Toronto, we we haven't done a pod since July. What what mm-hmm. have you made of the the six weeks that we have now been through with this team? We'll talk about the quarterback in a second, but just. The roller coaster of a season that it has been thus far, how have you evaluated 
this team to this point? I think that phrase consistently inconsistent is so accurate when you talk about this team. And it's crazy because that's what Mike Vrabel said was the biggest thing he wanted to improve upon going into this year when I asked him. He said he just wanted to work on being more consistent. And that comes from the quarterback to the offense, everything to the head coach. And they just haven't been consistent. There's one week where you you look at them and you say, okay, you know what? These are some of the things that can show that this, this offense is capable of doing things. But then other weeks, like the last two, you're just like, I I've seen pound league, you know, pop Warner be more effective than this. So I think for me, what I've seen is just a, a team that's that's solid in, in in one phase, outstanding in another, and pitiful in the third. And Vrabel always wants to refer to being complimentary with your style of football, and that's far from what this team has been. It's been fascinating to me, Teron, to see like the the progression of Mike Vrabel as the leader. Uh, as the as the face uh, as the uh, in in essence the face of this organization in the absence of a quarterback who's willing to be the face of an organization, Mike has had Mike when he was hired here was tasked with maxim two things maximizing the quarterback and making the offense modern making it more efficient getting away from the concepts that Mike Malarkey and Terry Robisky had instituted. Now we all know that. Maybe Mike Malarkey and Terry Robisky knew a little bit more about Marcus Mariota's <laughs> limitations than other than we might have otherwise thought. And Mike gets dropped into the middle of a team that had gone to the playoffs for the first time in in the better part of a decade, won their first playoff game in 14 years, and then is expected to make it better. Then he sandbags himself further with the whole good to great thing coming into the year, and now they're not even good. They're just flat. They, they make me sad, Teron, to watch them on offense. They make me sad. And I don't know I don't know how I feel about him because I don't know. He keeps telling us that they're going to look at fixing things, and there's literally never a fix for the problems that they continue to have. Yeah, I think that's the biggest issue. There's There isn't a fix, and it, it's just – I don't know, man. It's one of those things where it's like, okay, you know what? Talk is cheap. I'm tired of hearing about it. I, I need to see something happen. I, I think that's the perspective that fans are, are, are taking, and I get it, man. And, and I think that's that's something that they, they – perspective they should take. At the end of the day, they have to figure something out. And for me, when I go back and look at the Falcons game, I think that's kind of the blueprint of what they need to do. And I don't know why they're getting away from it. Do more things to get the ball out of Mariota's hands and into the hands of the receivers, your playmakers, your A.J. Browns, your Delaney Walkers, your, your Corey Davises, those guys. And then also involve the running game. For me, it, it's it's not that difficult. And I don't see why they're, they're not doing that. And I understand the Falcons game, that zone defense they played was so loose. But at the same time, if you're going against a team that plays man, just adjust. More bunch formations that naturally makes the DBs back up, and it helps create natural separation for your receivers. So I, I just I'm not sure exactly what's going on, why they can't establish an identity on, on on offense, but something has to give. And it goes back to a conversation I had with Kenny Vaccaro after the game on Sunday, 
And, uh, you know, he told me that the defense needs to step their game up. He said if if we have to play a bunch of 0-0 ties, then that's what it's going to have to be. We have to be the 85 Bears. We have to be the 2,000 Ravens. That's the standard. So they have to get something going because they are absolutely wasting a defense that is among the tops in, in this league because of their ineptness on, on, on offense. It's it's honestly a, a shame to see the kind of the, the caliber of defense that they're playing and the offense's inability to to do much of anything. I mean, the idea that they haven't scored a point in their past four quarters of football is totally egregious, especially when the rules have changed to make offense easier <laughs> to have. The Titans still continue to labor. Let's because the offensive line is is a problem without question. But the biggest thing, the biggest talking point, is what's going on with the quarterback. Now we will, in all likelihood, have to wait until tomorrow to find out who is going to start against the Chargers, and likely, I would imagine, Teron, for the remainder of the season. Uh, I can't, I can't picture a situation in where Mike Vrabel can justify going back and forth between Marcus Mariota and Ryan Tannehill. But because we don't know yet, and this pod will, we want to keep this pod as fresh for the people as humanly possible. We'll look at it. We'll look at it both ways. If Marcus Mariota tomorrow, Wednesday, when we go to St. Thomas Sports Park, if Marcus Mariota is announced as the starter, what does that mean about the direction of this Titans season? I think it means they still have a belief that Marcus could show them something, and I think they still want to give him an opportunity to do so. For me, and that's why I asked Coach yesterday, uh, on, on Monday rather, that's why I asked Coach on Monday about what he feels Marcus is going to be able, like how he feels Mariota will be able to respond to the adversity. Because sometimes you put somebody in a bad situation, you take something from them, and that appreciation for it changes. And the dedic not dedication, because I believe he's dedicated. I, I, I think just the I don't know, what's the word? Just the the you just go about things a little bit differently. And in my opinion, this is the first professional adversity that Mariota has truly faced as far as like whether or not his his job is is his or not. Right? So I'm thinking what Vrabel if he goes with Mariota, he gives him, you know, an opportunity to show how he could bounce back, right? Adversity forms character. Character tends to lead to performance. I want to see how that happens. If Mariota comes out and he craps the bed, then guess what you do? You go back to Tannehill. Not go back to him, but you go to him as the guy, and then you're going to, once you make that move, you have to stick to it for for the duration, Right. So I, I think there's still it shows that they still have a belief in Marcus and they want to see, long story short, how he could bounce back. In that press conference Sunday in Denver, Tehran, when Mark, not only, Marcus Mariota was the third person we talked to at the podium, which is very uh, has to be, as you as you mentioned, it's it's a diff, it's a whole different world for him. The first time that he's been benched in his career from grade school, from high school, college and now as a professional the person that stood before us, and perhaps this isn't the best time to assess the the state of mind that Marcus Mariota will be in moving forward, but the guy that stood before us then, I mean, was pretty emblematic of how he played that day. Like, he just seemed a little bit broken to me. 
I don't know that Marcus Mariota has, and and perhaps it's not fair. Perhaps we will see something uh, that we have not yet seen from Marcus Mariota, but the body of work would indicate that Marcus Mariota is going to roll with the punches. And this doesn't seem like a punch to me that he will be able to get up off the mat from. Yeah. And that's the thing. That's really the thing. Um, it just seems like he has a bit of a passive personality, right? But there are times where he's shown that aggressiveness, that alpha that you want. I I think it kind of showed slightly when he was asked or given an opportunity to say it was his team and he was asked if it was his team and he said, absolutely. My ears kind of perked up when he said that, but yeah, I this is a, a, a tough punch to, to to recover from and I, I I'm not sure that he does recover from it. And you know, you wanna see the guy just for the sake of, of him, right? You wanna see him get an opportunity to bounce back and, and to show that fight is, is in him. But I yeah, I, I can't say wholeheartedly that it is. Do you think they should go back to him? Personally, yes. I, I think they should go back to him, but I'm talking about an extremely, extremely short leash, right? Uh, I'm talking about that first, those first two drives. If they don't go right, hey, listen, Tanny, uh, come on. Now's the <laughs> it's, time. This is your show. Yep. That's that's how I look at it. I just, I, I, I think, and it's not a matter of deserving a shot. I think it's just a matter of, I have to see. You know, sometimes different buttons uh, uh, push a different person's character. And, and I think sometimes, when, like I said, when you go through something, you come back and you're ready to go. I saw it in Philly, right? Howie Roseman as, as the GM. You know, he, he, was, he was the GM with the Eagles. They did the dream team thing, you know, that what Vince Young said. They, they brought in Vince Young. They brought in Ronnie Brown. They traded for uh, – uh, they signed Namdi Asamoah. They they made a trade for another corner, and they were supposed to win it all. They didn't do anything. Howie ended up getting, you know, losing his job. He was relegated to kind of like a stats and info guy. Chip Kelly came in, and then Chip Kelly was gone. Howie got back into power, and all of a sudden, everything that dude did was right. Mm. So I liken it to that situation, and you know, Howie was a guy that. At at the time was considered, you know, in over his head, et cetera, et cetera. But now he's someone you mentioned the top GMs in the league. Howie Roseman's name came comes to to the light. And oh, by the way, they won the Super Bowl for the first time in 52 plus years. So that's that was a major thing. And I'm not saying Mariota going through this, he'll turn around and lead the Titans to the Super Bowl. I'm just saying it could lead to a much better thing. And he even said it himself, he's going to be a much better player because of it oh i i, I don't know teron i heard the, the i can see the headline now espn.com reporter says marcus mariota will now lead the tennessee titans <laughs> to the super bowl headline grab without question yeah, dead, dead spin <laughs> dead spin yeah no i uh the adversity aspect of it especially when you consider that these guys are competitionaholics like this is how they thrive that is mm-hmm. that is an interesting thing that I I won't say that I had not considered, but I guess I didn't. I hadn't given as much weight to because I just I think Teron that the, the that the decision has been made already in that game when you when you let 
when you let Marcus play out the string as he had to this point, and then you decide that, okay, now is the time for Tannehill, I don't know, based on Mike Vrabel's decision-making, I don't know that it would that it would benefit anybody at this point, especially when you consider how this team is structured and how many, 20, un, 20 unrestricted free agents, many of them key contributors, heading into this offseason. The team is built to win now. Marcus, I don't know how much more opportunity you can give him when you sit at two and four. And I, I certainly don't think that Ryan Tannehill is a marked improvement. But what we saw again on Sunday, Tehran, I don't know if you ever get him out of that. Like I don't know if it's if a conf, if a if a renewed confidence, if a renewed belief in him by the coaching staff to trot him back out there. I don't know if that fixes the passes that he's skipping around Delaney Walker's ankles or throwing a screen a yard and a half behind Derrick Henry, who already has trouble catching the ball. I don't know. <laughs> I I just don't see. I don't see the light for Marcus Mariota, but perhaps I'm just jaded in this regard. And like I said, I don't think that Tannehill uh, is much of an upgrade at all. But I just think if they if they opt for that move, that it's at least a a clear direction on the part of the coaching staff to say, okay, this is what we've decided. This is what we're going to move forward for better for, for better for better or for worse. Because we have to try and salvage this season. Because for better or for worse, there are ten games left for them to play. Yeah, I mean, you make a good point. There were definitely some plays that Mariota left on the board. Uh, I think there was one of them that comes to mind. Delaney Walker ran a seam route and he threw it behind him, and it was completed. But Walker had to, uh, you know, fall down to catch the pass. He probably could have got another five to six yards, maybe, and made something happen after that. There are throws that I, I just. Yeah, Mariota is a mystery. He's an, an enigma. He's someone that, honestly, I don't like watching because I watch him and I know how good he can be, and then you see what he does, and then he'll turn around and, and give you more reason to, to say, I know he could be good. So it's just there's a lot of back and forth. I, I still think they need to give him uh, this quarter, a quarter of this game to show – whether or not he is able to bounce back from the adversity. And I know, you know, you're not just going to automatically transform into Drew Brees or the guy on the other side of the ball, Phillip Rivers, but I do think you could show some sign of, of, of promise. And I, I just, it's just a part of me that wants to see what kind of promise. But I really feel, regardless, Neither guy is under contract. I, I don't think Mariota will be back after this year. Um, I also think there's a chance that Tannehill could be back along with a quarterback being drafted. So I, I still I don't I don't think that that decision that Rabel made against the Broncos was with the future in mind. I think it was for that particular game. And then he understood that by making that decision, that's going to lead to a bigger decision. But right now, I need to figure out a way to create some kind of spark. Just a massive ripple effect that you would hope that Mike Frabel would consider. But based on how things have gone this year, 
Uh, I think you may be right in that regard. Teron Davenport of ESPN.com is here with us on the 615 Sessions. At T Davenport underscore NFL is where you can find my man on Twitter. Talking with TD is the podcast as well as the live radio show on Friday nights, 6 to 8 p.m. Central Time. On the way out the door, Teron, are they done? Done with Mariota? No, are they done for the season? At two and four, am I being am I being too pessimistic when I look at them and I just think I don't know if they're I ten games is a long time. But what I've seen so far, because of that anchor around their neck that is the offensive line, I just I don't see a path for them regardless of who's quarterbacking them. Am I being too harsh? I don't think you're being too harsh at all. I I don't think they're done. And the thing that's so crazy is even with what they're facing, as far as what they've done (laughs) through six games, they're still in the race, so to speak. And that's what's so crazy, you know, and it goes back. You look at what the Texans did last year. They looked terrible in the first part of the season. They went on a streak. Now, of course, they got some guy named Deshaun Watson, who is very, very different from anybody under center in the the state of Tennessee. But at the same time, you look at how they turn things around. I I mean, it would take a miraculous turnaround, but I I think they're still in it just as far as wild card contention. And you know what happens once you get into that dance is anything could happen then. Even the Titans can win a playoff game, catch a touchdown pass, uh, to himself and go on to, I mean, to lose to the New England Patriots, but stranger things have happened to be certain. Teron Davenport at T Davenport underscore NFL talking with TD and the live show, of course, 6 to 8 p.m. Uh, 6 to 8 p.m. Central Time on Fridays. My man, I appreciate the time. I will see you at practice tomorrow and we will, regardless of how this season plays out, Teron, I am very glad that we will be, uh, we will be in the midst of it together because God knows I'm going to need some support if this continues. <laughs> I got you back, man. No problem. Thanks for having me on. All right. Shout out to the big homie, TD. Remember, you can follow him at TDavenport underscore NFL on Twitter. Read him at ESPN.com. Of course, Talking with TD is his podcast that I invite you to listen to only after you have listened to this podcast because uh, we have to, have to have a little bit of selfishness uh, in the podcast game. But Teron is always great when we ask him to come on, and I do appreciate his insight as always. We will be back with you on Thursday. By then, a quarterback change will have been made and have been decided, so we will, without question, talk about that at length. I'm also going to get a little college football conversation in the mix with that as well. So when we come back on Thursday, Titans talk, quarterback talk, and a little bit of Vols talk because they had success on Saturday against Mississippi State. And that was probably the biggest win of Jeremy Pruitt's career thus far based on how the rest of this season has gone. So as always, remember to rate, review, and subscribe wherever it is that you get your podcasts. Uh, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Tune in. Make sure you are leaving five stars and pleasant reviews. Actually, you can leave whatever kind of review you want as long as you're leaving me five stars. I don't care. You can be nasty to me. In fact, if you have a question that you would like answered, leave a five-star rating. I'll be happy to get uh, get to it and read it on the podcast, answer it for you here on the podcast as long as there is a five-star rating to go along with that review. So be sure to do that wherever it is that you get your podcasts. Remember to check out 
the A to Z Sports Primetime Show, streaming on Facebook Live and on Periscope, Sunday to Thursday nights at 8 p.m. at A to Z Sports on Twitter, at A to Z Sports Nashville on Facebook. I will be doing much talking about the quarterback conversation there. And that being said, I'm Buck Rising, reminding you to stay hot, Nashville. We will talk to you Thursday right here on the 615 Sessions podcast brought to you by A to Z Sports and A to Z Sports Nashville.com.